The series is over. The Phoenix Suns at home win a series for the first time since 2007. Yeah, it's it's been that long since they've actually closed out a series at home. They beat the Clippers 136 to 130. An unbelievably high-scoring game. The ebbs, the flows, the ups and downs, it was all there for you. A 50-point third quarter. I mean, plenty to talk about. But, Matthew, what the fuck did we just watch, man? Oh, let me take these glasses off because for some reason I'm still never ready when we go live. (laughs) (laughs) I only do this after every single game. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, wow, you know. It was a great day for a win. It felt like a win. Um, then it didn't feel like a win. Then it felt like a win. Then I was like, oh, we're not going to win. <laughs> and we fucking won. So <laughs> on oh, to the next man. round, man. On to the next round. The Phoenix Suns in five games have defeated the Clippers. Did you say Suns in five? I said Suns in five. You know what? I wasn't here for the prediction show, remember? And I was so right. pissed I didn't even watch it because I wasn't there. I'm like, I'm not even going to fucking watch it because I missed it. And I was so mad at myself. So. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. Kevin Durant with the Phoenix Suns is now 12 and 1. The Suns won 4 to 1 in this series. I was at the only game they've lost. <laughs> I was at game one. Oh, they, they lost. It's the only yeah. game they've lost since Kevin Durant has played on this team. And it's the only game they lost in this series. And like that hurts me a little bit. That hurts my feelings. What does that say, though? You're not allowed back at the games? Or you can go, but just don't tell anybody you're there. I guess. I don't know what it means. It just hurts my feelings ever so much because it's like, damn, dude. But uh, an amazing win for the Suns. I mean, an amazing Devin Booker performance. An amazing Aiton performance. Amazing KD performance in this game to close out the Clippers. Now, obviously, there's a lot to talk about because this truly was a tale of two halves. For those of you who follow us on Twitter, at Suns Jam, we did our Twitter space at halftime, and we had plenty to talk about. I mean, the Phoenix Suns were down by nine at that point. So we're going to talk about that on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. But as always, we thank you, the Jamsters, who are coming here live after the game or listening at another time. We appreciate you tuning in to the Suns Jam because you want to hang out with your buddies who are going to be chugging with the fellas today. Matthew, you chugging yeah. with the fellas? You chugging IPAs with them? No, with that tank top you got rocking, your Frank yeah, the, the tank Brian top. Rosello going on. You know what? I think the Aussies always wear tank tops. I'm like, I'm gonna wear my tank top. They wear. They always got their arms showing. Better tans though than mine. This is true. And whenever I watch the Aussies, uh, I look like ginormous. <laughs> like, I'm just like right up. <laughs> Back up a little bit, man. Back the fuck up. All right, well, Jamsters, chug them if you got them, because this is another win. Look at that. Woo! Let's pop open another one. Let's talk about this series win over the Los Angeles Clippers. The Phoenix Suns beat the Los Angeles Clippers, close out the series in five games. Which brings me, of course, to the question that I'm going to ask first. Matthew, I got to ask. 
Matthew, I got to ask, coming into this game, knowing that one Devin Armani Booker has, up to this point in the series, averaged 34.8 points per game, the most in the NBA until yesterday, until uh, Jimmy Butler went off and went for 36.5 points, which was an amazing game. And we'll talk about it at the back end of this podcast when we talk about it in our thoughts. Did you think that he had another another banger in him absolutely and he has another one um listening to and no dunks this one. morning and absolutely another one. another one uh <laughs> that's a white way to do everything absolutely <laughs> and another one another one Abs- absolutely another one my friend <laughs> yeah no definitely um they were talking about you know who else can do what jimmy butler did last night in the nba first guy out of skeets's mouth was Booker and I thought Booker and not just because I'm a homer but just because Booker's just that fucking good right now he's on another level than anybody else in the NBA he's the best player right now playing the playoffs I know Jimmy had that game mm-hmm. but Booker's the best most consistent player right now um to win a series this way and where you have to kind of come back and keep hitting huge threes like back to back to back to close this team out that's just the next level I was waiting for that was the x factor I was waiting for in book where I'm like, he has to go to that level to win these series because we have other guys, but he's going to be open. He's going to have those shots, and he's been knocking them down. So I think he can get a 50-point 50, 50 game for sure, for sure, next round. I was I was hoping it was tonight. I thought I thought we were cruising for for a 50-burger yeah. in this one, man. I really, like did. I, I really did. Aiden looked like he was – what were you saying? I was going to say Aiden looked like he was going to We're not talking about Aiden yet. Big dick. Booker. Booker in this game, 19 of 27 from the field, four of seven from beyond the arc, only five of six from the free throw line, 47 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, two steals. He was, again, just unbelievable. We talked about on the last podcast, and we've talked about on every podcast throughout this entire series, what he's done in this series is solidified his status as a superstar in this league. We, we've talked about it in the past. To be a star in this league, you, you get to an all-star game, you get your team to the playoffs. To become a superstar, you start stacking series wins in impressive fashion. It's something that he has continued to do in his young career. He's 26 years old, and in with this performance tonight, he now has the most 30-point playoff games by a Suns player. He's now passed Charles Barkley. He has 17, 30 career, I'm sorry, 30 point uh, playoff performances. He now holds the record for the most playoff performances that have resulted in 40 points or more in Phoenix Suns history. And again, you talk about that and his entire playoff career, this is his 37th game. So 17 of his 37 games have resulted in at least 30 points. And he and with the seven points tonight, he once again put himself above another echelon. He is more than Charles Barkley. He has the most games with 40-plus points and 10 or more assists in Suns playoff history. He's done it twice now. Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson are the only other two to ever do it in Jeez. Phoenix Suns history. And growing up, watching basketball, for those of you who are in your – Mid to late 20s or early 30s, Kobe Bryant was the guy. Kobe Bryant was the guy. When the postseason hit, he would just take it to another level and do it consistently. 
if you're young, if you're a little bit older than that, it was Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who just you're like every game you're like, how do you do this every single game? And Devin Booker, what he's done with his performance tonight, with going for 47 points, is he has reminded us and, and and shown to us and shown to the league and shown to the world not only his ability to be a a, a scoring machine, to be an efficient scoring machine, but he's also shown it on the defensive end as well. He's been a defensive dog against the Clippers. He's been intense. Uh, for those of you who listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, Bill Simmons was at the last game, and he's just like, he's a killer. And, I mean, oh. we, we've all known that. And the best quote of that entire podcast was Ryan Rossillo, and he goes, he's just a motherfucker. And that's who Devin Booker is, man. He's just a motherfucker, man. And he was, again, fantastic tonight. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's why when you ask, like, can he do this again? Can he – outscore himself multiple times in the playoffs yes because you just don't know what he can get to I I think coming to the playoffs we didn't know what we would see obviously there's a level he got to during this season where it was phenomenal it was Jordan-esque and now in the playoffs it's like it's that again but even better because he's on the defensive end he's making it known that he is a great defender Uh, but just like in the in the beginning of the game it kind of seemed like he was like kind of just going through the motions but still getting his shot still playing Mm -hmm. great it's kind of like we talk about the old guys on the team, like KD and then uh, CP3, where they rest, well, they'll just go stand somewhere. Book is just like, he still has the ball, still doing a lot. It just seems a little bit easier at times, and it seems like he's kind of resting then, but it's not. <laughs> but for him, I feel like it is. Um, but I like how like he had like the really good tech in the second quarter, where he wasn't getting calls, and he just... You know, in the past, bad techs. I thought that was a yes. good tech at the time. They were getting back into the game. It was a close game, and I didn't think like it hurt them at all. I know towards the end of the half, they were they were down by nine, but just at that moment, I'm like, someone has to say something because the clips were like there was twenty to ten in free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. So, book, good job by you on that one. Um, you know, in the second half, coming into the second half, and you're down by nine, it just seems like like a great wall of China lead. Like it's going to be, for, it's going to take forever to get back in the game. It's only nine points. But by the way, the way, the, the way the Suns were actually playing in the first half to end the quarter, I was like, damn, like this is going to be tough to get back in it. Yeah. Look with like five quick points, draws a foul. Um, He just took over the game, obviously in the third quarter, which was just a ridiculous third quarter, 50 points by the Suns. But yes, he, he just, he gives you that feeling where I just, I trust him to get us through the hard times and hard times. It can be a nine point lead at half. I know it's the half. It's not the final five minutes of the game where anything can go. Just like you saw the Clippers coming back, but it's like, you think as a Suns fan, you're like, are we going to lose this game and have to go back to LA down nine points? Cause you just felt that bad. But now it's like, no, cause we have Booker and then, Oh wait, we have KD and Chris Paul open for the corner three too, because if we have Booker, so there's just a lot coming out of Booker right now, helping this team in ways we've never had as a franchise. I feel like in the playoffs, I've ne- we never had this guy ever in the playoffs. And so much of it comes from the team that's built around him. It truly does. We've had Devin Booker on our team for such a long time, and he's had to deal with the stress of being double teamed, of being the primary defender at all times. And there's so many things that open him up. Uh, Kevin Durant, who it seems like never can touch the ball in the fourth quarter, the way that DeAndre Ayton was playing tonight, Chris Paul, the way he was playing, a lot of that opened up Devin Booker and unlocked him tonight. And you mentioned that third quarter. Again, the Suns scored 50 points in the third quarter. They're down nine at halftime. They go up by 17 after the third. 
And you have to credit the the Clippers for the way that they performed in that fourth quarter. They outscored the Phoenix Suns by 11 points. Uh, and it was on four consecutive possessions where they just hit threes. And you're like, gosh, of course. Of course it's going to happen. But returning to that third quarter, Devin Booker goes 10 of 11 from the field. He goes three of four from beyond the arc, throwing a couple free throws. And he, ha- and he also has a couple assists. He has 25 points. He's one of three players ever to have 25 or more points in a quarter in the postseason. And it's Russell, or I'm sorry, it's Damian Lillard and somebody else. I forget who the other person was. Clay Thompson, was. right? It might have, nah, I don't know if it was the playoffs. Yeah, I Clay had if, that. It was like the miraculous, like game five or game four, I forget. Perhaps, That's like, it, perhaps yeah. it was. Yeah. But again, what he was doing, the way he was doing it, was just elite level stuff. And uh, a shout out to, Go D3 in the in the chat. I think that's <laughs> yeah. uh, two pounds or two euros. It says the boom room is getting busy nowadays. K yeah. Ray mentioned it. There was, a, there, there was a play in which Devin Booker broke away and just went right down the middle and, you know, into the boom room he went. And that was one of the many exclamation points in that, that third quarter that we saw from Devin Booker. My favorite moment in the entire game was he hit that three that he sat there and posed with, right? Did you see KD on that play? Just like, ah. Yes. The one that the, was, yeah. The one after the one he bounced in from yes, the corner. Yes. Yeah. The one that like took forever. The one that was pure as shit. And Kevin Durant's under the basket just screaming in, in exaltation. He was so happy to see that happen. He's so in happy, what? obviously, in exaltation. Exaltation. In exaltation. I was going to say, can you say it like that? Because it sounds like something yes, that's crazy. I will, I, that's exactly what it was. He was like, mm. Hallelujah, <laughs> and in your spirit. So it's just, I, and I like what Blaze Megatron in the chat says. I love that K Ray is going with it. Yes, go yeah, with you it. Can't K-Ray. stop now. It's the boom. It's like room, the Dylan baby. Brooks thing. Just gotta keep going with it until <laughs> you just fucking don't talk to the media anymore. <laughs> until nobody will so keep talk going, to you K-Ray. until you're playing in China and no one's talking to you because you can't understand a word that they're saying. So again, mm-hmm. Devin Booker, absolutely fantastic. And you mentioned it in the first half. And, and here are some of the, the concerns, if you will, with the Suns in the first half, right? And this is going to be something that we'll do a preview show. Most likely, I'm thinking Friday. We'll do a series preview show. Okay, Friday. Thursday? Thursday. I'm gonna, I will be drunk. I'm going to watch the NFL draft with my friends. But <clears throat> The draft's well, Thursday? Okay. The, the, the first round is. Okay. I will be at Marley's watching the draft with my friends like I do every year. Uh, the Cardinals have a new uh, uh, early round pick with some shitty uniforms. I can't wait. So we'll do our preview show, show on Thursday, and we'll talk about some of the adjustments that the Suns have to make. But one thing that we noted on our halftime Twitter space is obviously the, the rebounding and the offensive rebounding and the second chance points that the Clippers were getting in that first half was absolutely abysmal. And I don't have a choir hymn for how abysmal it was. The second chance points was 21 to 5 in the first half. The offensive rebounding was 10 to 2. I mean, this is a, this has been a continual theme for the Phoenix Suns in this series is their lack of ability to negate second chance points and their lack of ability to protect the defensive glass uh and ultimately allowing offensive rebounds and keeping the Clippers in this game. We also mentioned on that Twitter space how the Suns have to do something relative to defense. Because if you're playing a team that doesn't have Kawhi Leonard and doesn't have Paul George, and they're smoking you like they did in that first half, if they're scoring 70 first-half points against you, 
there's some issues there, and you need to address those. So tell me what your thoughts are on the the way that the Suns were playing defense and the way that they were not protecting the defensive glass in that first half. Um, well, it's tough because we kind of just didn't have any answers in the first half. The 21 offensive uh, or second-chance points by the Clippers was – a, ridic- a ridiculous amount of points. And I, I was thinking, well, what are the adjustments they're going to make? It's just kind of effort. I think he even tweeted about how Kogi came in. There was a difference there. It's because Kogi's so good at really getting underneath the rim and just kind of poking it out, you know what I mean? Or else even like trying to like tip it out to his own player. But it had to do with the effort. I think KD on closeouts is not very good, but KD was down there trying to make a difference. He just can't really obviously jump. He His, his feet are stuck to the floor, but he's trying to make an effort to help out DA. Um, it was just more of an effort. I think on the first offensive rebound that was given up by Craig to start the third quarter, you saw the reaction from KD and Chris Paul. Like, come on, man. It was it was Russell Westbrook that got it. And then Craig had the opportunity to box him out, but then he got outworked. And you could tell they got on him because that's what they talked about at halftime. And what, you know, giving up just the second half, second chance points in the first half was awful. But also... In the second half, it was just like one and done. It was one and done, and then you got Booker on the other end doing his shit, and that's what happens. If it's one and done, then you're gonna take, <laughs> you're gonna have a great opportunity of raising that lead and scoring fifty points in the quarter because that's how good the offense is. Like they scored, what was it, fifty three percent? They shot fifty six percent in the first half, mm-hmm. and then like fifty nine percent in the third quarter too. So, you know, they were playing great offensively. It was just the one and dones. They had to just make sure they shored up on that. I just think in the first half, a lot of it was just where the ball was bouncing to. And the effort really wasn't there, but it was just the, the ball was bouncing towards the Clippers, and the Clippers were just getting great looks at the rim or else from three. Um, but then, you know, Suns shorted up, and I'm I'm happy they did. Otherwise, this would have been lost for sure. Well, you think about it. This is a team facing elimination, and they're going to have a different kind of hustle. It's a, a hustle, a desperation hustle. It's got to be like a new dance. You know, it's like, do the desperation hustle, hit the offensive boards, boogie, yogi, 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 <laughs> whatever they got to do. And that's what was happening yeah. in this. Now, part of it, I don't know, even know if it was necessarily the lack of effort from the Suns. Because I've noted at times during the series where DeAndre Ayton, when holding the ball or going for a rebound, seems very shaky. And other aspects of this team and other members of this team who, again, when trying to secure rebounds, weren't doing so with confidence. Uh, we haven't seen one of those like Tory Craig tear down rebounds. Like when that happens, you know he's in a, he's engaged on a different different level. Tonight I didn't see that. Tonight I honestly, as you mentioned, I saw the Clippers getting offensive rebounds that literally were just going to them every time. It was like every 50-50 ball was landing in their in their lap. Now part of that is due to their positioning and to due to their desperation hustle trying to get on those boards and create secondary possessions. You're gonna see that. The more concerning thing for me was just simply how people were getting to the rim at will. And I, there's one thing if there's, if you're being offensively rebounded and it's due to lack of effort, again, I don't think that was the case. I think it was more the way the ball bounces, if you will. It's another story when you're allowing guys to just get to the rim at will. And, and we've seen that multiple times throughout this series. Now, Russell Westbrook's a different cat. We know that he gets to the rim. He gets to the cylinder. He has a different level. He has a hesitation that lulls you to sleep for a half second. And then he blows by you, even in his old age. But Norman Powell's getting to the to the rim. Bones Highland's getting to the rim. And so it was that defensive intensity or lack thereof that was frustrating in the second half. Or I'm sorry, in the first half. The second half, yes, Devin Booker went crazy. 
went absolutely nuts. In that same quarter in which they scored 50 points, you also had Kevin Durant, I believe, went go for 13 points. So both KD and D-Book did what they were supposed to do. But in my opinion, the thing that truly changed the outcome of this game was when Monty Williams finally put J.O. out there with the guys he started 25 games with for the remainder of the regular season. I know it's a little unfair to, to run these stats against each other. Torrey Craig, only 17 minutes was, were played in this game. He had zero points in this game, two rebounds. That's it, both on the defensive end. And I'll say this, Torrey Craig in this series has been he, – he's forced the debate for Phoenix Suns fans as to whether or not he should be starting. He's made it a valid debate because of the way that he's played on the offensive end. Uh, entering this game, Torrey Craig was the Suns' third leading scorer. He was averaging 15.5 points per game in the previous four games. So he was making – uh, Monty Williams looked like a genius. He's our highest plus minus guy in the entire series. Again, he's making him look like a genius. But when he decided in that third quarter to put Josh Okoge in, it changed the mentality of this team. As you mentioned, Josh Okoge knows how to navigate into the paint and get in there and either grab the board or just fuck shit up, right? Josh Okoge's our fuck shit up guy. And that's what we've been missing for a lot of this series is our fuck shit up guy because him coming off the bench hasn't necessarily equated to success because Monty hasn't played him very much. Tonight, he played him 32 minutes. Tonight, Josh Okoge had 11 points, had three assists, only had two rebounds, but had two steals. He had one of those major steals in the last part of the game. We finally saw Josh Okoge out there playing heavy minutes with his, the t- again, the guys he's played the majority of the season with, and it netted positive results. I tweeted it like two times. It's like every time Josh Okoge came in this game, net positive for the Suns. We'll talk about it when we have to play the Denver Nuggets if he starts. That's not the topic of conversation right now. We'll save that for the next show. But tell me that Josh Kogi didn't have his foot, his fingerprints all over this game. Oh, tell man. Me. He's tell me. Tell me, Jamsters, actually. Go out there and go to YouTube clips and of him going to the rim. Find me a clip of where he doesn't finish at the rim. Please. The one time, though, where he was driving to the rim, he didn't pass it to Book, who was absolutely on fire in the third. And Book's like, what the fuck are you doing? Remember that one play? <laughs> yes, he got yes. fouled but he knows how to draw the foul. And I talk about that all the time, but just find me a clip of one time he is driving to the rim and he doesn't finish well. This guy is perfect at that, but also he's the connector. He was a connector right when he came in. They were hitting him over the middle and he is so good at grabbing the ball wherever it's placed. Those were not perfect passes, but there were passes that had to be made because the doubles were coming and he's running into the paint, grabs it, hits DA wide room for a dunk, grabs it again, hits Devin Booker who makes a quick move gets a great shot, two assists right off the bat. So, yes, when you think of Kogi, you think of defense, who had the defensive saving play at the end of the game, basically, on Powell, just yes. using his using his chest, you know, his titties, and he just puts it up right against him, doesn't use his hands, <laughs> and it's not a foul, and Powell loses the ball. He is so good at that, not drawing the contact, and then that saved the game for the Suns. But you think about defense, you think about rebounding, but he, that's why, like, everyone was saying, like, when I was like, can you just play him in, in place of Chris Paul at certain times? And it's not going to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he did miss a few shots that, you know, one at the end that he was wide open. Oh, yeah. Over, yeah, he's going to do that. But So is Torrey Craig. Exactly. They're going to miss those shots because they're going to be wide open. But also, like, the way that he can impact on just being a facilitator, I think he can be. He's not dumb. He knows when to pass it up. It was just that one play 
where he didn't pass it to book. And I'm like, what are you doing? Cause he never does that. I think when the Kogi is running downhill though, he just knows, he knows, he knows that he can finish. So he's like, all right, just let me do that. It's kind of like a TJ Warren does the same thing when he gets the ball and he's on a fast break. He'll take it and just not even pass it out. Okogi's the same way, but he just knows how to finish and he knows how to facilitate and he knows how to like make these guys look good in certain situations. And it makes Monty look good for playing him 35 minutes. I'll never get over him playing six minutes in the first. That's why we lost. It wasn't because of you in game one that we lost. It's because we didn't get enough of Kogi. Six minutes. Amen. Uh, so they, whew, okay, that makes me feel better. I can go back to his okay. son's game. Yes. And, yes. and again, you're so focused on his offensive production. I give two shits about his offensive production. I don't care how he's driving and how he's dishing. And, and like, I, he's our fifth guy, stand in the corner, do nothing on offense. I don't care, but crash the fucking glass and, and negate the offensive boards for the Clippers and make those steals and disrupt their primary ball handler. Everything that he does, those little X factor things. Coming into this series, as we were preparing for the postseason, I was the person who was saying, J.O. off the bench. Give us T.J. Warren. You know, give us Tory Craig. Let's try yeah, something different. That podcast I did. Podcast, man. It was like a campaign, you know? Yes. Like, yes. I, I was wearing against their own dad. I was wearing little uh, pins. You know, it's like, sit J.O. Um, that's, the way to, that's the way to go. I saw the signs. Yeah. I was, I was picketing outside of the footprint center. It's like... <laughs> Give Warren a shot. Yeah, give, give Warren a shot. And I'm out start there by Warren. myself and everyone. Yeah, start Warren. Um, I want more TJ drops. And uh, and I was wrong. I, I'll admit that. J.O. changed his game, in my opinion. Devin Booker, obviously, like the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. A le- legendary Wait, series. You need the Okogi. You need him. Need the fuck shit up guy. And he was the fuck shit up guy in this game. Another guy who played fantastic in this game, and we're going to give him, I, I believe it's called giving him the, his flowers. DeAndre Ayton in this game goes out 9 of 18 from the field, 21 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. Massive stat line, no. 21-11, not massive. But the way that he played, I was impressed. The way that the Suns focused on getting him the ball in the first half, I was impressed because he was executing, engaged. Again, this is the one game where the, the Clippers are getting offensive board after offensive board, and I'm not blaming D.A. for fucking one of them. It's not from his lack of trying or his lack of ability. As I mentioned earlier, the ball was literally just bouncing the other side away from him. It's it's not from him trying to you know do one of his fake box outs from 10 feet away. No, he's in there. He's grinding. He's trying to. He's he's trying to make himself uh, present and aware and and be a part of of the offense. And again, when you don't have those kind of efforts, it's very apparent from D.A. And when you do have them, obviously, it, too, is very apparent. What's interesting about DeAndre Ayton is entering this game, you know, he he was a question about like his motor. Right. Did you see that? That. uh... Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Question your motor. Man, I don't know what that is, man. Yeah. Motor, come on, bro. I play both ends of the floor. My name is Dominator. I carry, uh, I anchor the Phoenix Suns on both ends of the floor. Motor, really? You don't talk about the motor, man? Nope. I run on Tesla battery. On <laughs> <laughs> the charge. ODA, he's such a funny guy. Uh, and it's a funny response because he's talking about motor and – you know, I saw that obviously, and the first thing I had is I go, you know what, DA's just not necessarily self-aware. 
Um, he <clears> is, as they mentioned on the Bill Simmons podcast, you know, he is kind of the little brother of all those veterans out there who just, they dog him all the time. Yeah. And, and I feel like those questions about his motor, cause we've talked about that before, right? Hassan Whiteside, no motor, P- ton of talent, no motor. Devin Booker. Um, I'm literally talking to, there's, there's a guy who who's in town helping out at one at work. Uh, huge basketball fan. It's so nice to have somebody at work to talk basketball with because no one at my fucking work talks basketball. And I go, hey, what do you think of DA? And he goes, he's soft. I go, wow. I go, that's that's the outside looking. This is Spurs fan. You know, he's they think he's soft. And it comes to his performances at times and that hit and miss. That wasn't present in this game. And I feel like part of it is those kind of interviews. I think part of it is how much he was yelled at by his teammates last game and continually throughout this game, they kept him engaged. They kept him saying like, dude, we're, we need you, especially in that first half, they were establishing him. So again, the gravity would, would go towards him a little bit. And then Booker's the one who took advantage. He's the one Booker's the one yelling. I told you so to the bench in the third quarter, probably because they're like, see, we set up DA people are going to drop on DA. Then boom, I'm the one who, who benefits from it. Yeah. Um, I, DA is hilarious. I think that he, if anyone can like believe that they can fly, it's DA. Like he, he's not <laughs> self-aware for sure. And God bless him for that. Seriously. In in this kind of world, right. That we grow up in the world we live in today. I hate when people say that. <laughs> um, you know, you have to be that way as a person, you have to just have that confidence and he has it in himself. He does. But when it's like, it's, it's in a way where it can be selfish at times and it can be very ignorant. I, it's ignorant. It's ignorant. I, I think that it's funny to hear him say that stuff. It just makes you kind of frustrated at times. Cause it's like, you know what? Just own up to it. You had a shit series and today you played awesome, played fucking on fire. But basically what that is, is he rolled hard. He just, he made it possible for his teammates to give him the ball. He finished, he made quick decisions, hitting guys in the corner for quick threes. You know, just, he did that once, but even that it's like, that's what you're supposed to do, man. He looked phenomenal tonight. I love it. I I love it. I love the way he played. And his teammates have to keep up on him and have to do that. It's just the comments. You just know that in his own head, he is kind of little screws loose, I think. But that's fine. I mean, who knows his life story? Who knows all of that? It just all comes into play when he's playing for the Suns. And you get these crazy interviews where he thinks he's his motor's there. It's just not there. Like you said, your friend or the guy that you worked with today mm-hmm. said he's soft. It's like. You just have to know who you are, man. Yeah, and that's fine. This is this is what you are. And going into the series, I said I'm not expecting a lot. I just want the hustle. I just want him to be available. He was tonight. Last game a little bit Go. better. Tonight was great to start off. 18 points in the first half was phenomenal. I think he's uh, he's on three, the right track. Three I points just, in the second half. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Right, but that that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been with this guy. Yes. It's not his fault on that part because they go away from him. You have book, you have Katie, you have Chris Paul, but when he had his opportunity, he took advantage of it. And they kept talking about on the broadcast. They're like, this guy can't get in his own head. If he's not getting the shot attempts, mm-hmm. he's had the attempts. He just didn't take advantage of it. Like he did tonight. And that's what got us a better start than what we could have had. If he didn't hit those shots, it would have been a long ass night for the Suns. but he came through. So congrats DA. And then Denver's on next. Yep. So, Let's just he's prepared for that now. It looks like well, I'll say this again. This was the best first quarter the Suns have had. They scored 32 points. Now gave they again, they gave up 30. And five of those points came on the uh the second chance point variety. But DA had nine of those points. You know, Booker had 10 in the first. DA went four of six in the first as well. I love that. 
I love when we can get him established because, as you mentioned, but they keep doing that though all series. Oh yeah, like you notice uh, that, 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 right? That, they, that's what they're trying, trying to do. do that. Yeah, and he's been he's been settling, and tonight the the shots were essentially dropping, and they were huge. And we need to we need to continue to see that from Da. I can't tell you how many times I saw him. Like there was one play where he had the ball, they threw it to him. He's ten feet from the basket. I think Terrence Mann was standing between him and the basket. And he like passed out to the three. It's like even in a good game, I can't say enough. You know, all positive things about Da because he wasn't all positive. But twenty one eleven. This is what you need from him. If he's going to be your third slash fourth best player, boom. This is it. That's it. This is what we need. Yes. A- again, we can't over. We can't expect him to go out there and be our Joel Embiid because he's not. This is Devin Booker and Kevin Durant's team. He's never going to be that guy under the confines of this offense. K Ray was saying it on the broadcast tonight on Bally sports, you know, or, or maybe, maybe it was, I was watching the TNT broadcast first and they were talking about how DA has sacrificed so much of himself for this team so they can be successful. And there is some merit to that. He doesn't, he's not trying to be the dominant player because he doesn't have to be. And, you know, and then perhaps that's why we question if he wants to be is because maybe he understands his role. He tries to play and there's, aspects of aggression that we would like to see more of, but it, we're just never going to see until he goes to the Spurs and then starts playing like a guy who scores 40 a night, but it's not going to happen. And again, we won this series with DA as our center and we know what lies ahead. And we know it is actually a good matchup for DA because he gets up for Jokic. You're not going to neutralize again, talking to that guy at work to, uh, yesterday, we were talking about it. He goes, well, do you think that they can get through Denver? He goes, DA's too soft. I'm like, no, that's what you don't understand. It's when he when DA's a finesse player. And when he plays finesse players, he plays well. Jokic is a finesse player. It's when he plays physical players that DA has a challenge. Evita Zubak can give him challenges because he's more of a physical player. Uh, uh, what's the catch? Big broad dude. Orleans. Uh, From New Orleans? Yeah. Oh, Villa, um, uh, Big Z. Uh, Z- Zulabani. No, not even close. Zubanis? No. Ilgaskis? No. Uh, oh my God, I can see his face. Yeah, it starts with a Z, right? It doesn't it doesn't start with a Z? Valanchunas, thank you, Fabio. Valanchunas, big v. big v, not Z. Big V gives him problems. Stephen Adams gives him problems. Uh, anybody who has that size and that girth gives him problems. It's the finesse guys which he excels against. Jokic is one of those guys. So we can really see Da turn on the next series yeah. and def. And as I mentioned in this this series. He was going to be the X factor. You mentioned it would be Devin Booker. You were 100% right. Devin Booker was the X factor. The yeah. X factor as in he needed to step up because aspects of his team wouldn't. And, and I give you credit to that because there's one guy who definitely, absolutely was not an X factor in this fucking series. All I can say is, Sham, wow. And quick, who... Um, who else in the West, or even like with Giannis being hurt, maybe the Heat win that series. Who else is going to be a physical center he has to go up against? Really, there's, there's no one the, left. Look, I mean, even look, if Embiid look makes at the it. West, look at the West. No, there's no more physical centers. Yeah. Okay, because remaining potentially is the Lakers. Uh, the we know Stephen Adams is out for the Grizzlies. The Kings mm-hmm. have Demontis Sabonis, who can be physical, but he's more finesse than but physical. But has a field day against that guy. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And and obviously with the Warriors they don't have a yeah, Draymond five. gets in his head. But that's we'll true. See. Well, that's true. But with One Kevin Durant, you you know he's not going to do that. So you're correct. Going to Landry Shamit, this has been the the conundrum of the series, if you will, is why oh why does Monty Williams keep playing 
Landry fucking Shamit. Entering this game, one point per game, 18% from the field, had not made a three in this entire series. He played nine minutes tonight, and and you felt that nine minutes. Now, granted, he was a plus six in those minutes, but that's not from the last few minutes that he played. He was fucking horrible in this game. Can the Suns like load him into the, the Clippers' luggage and just send his ass back to LAX with them and never see him again? I'm yeah. so disappointed with Landry Shamit. The biggest roar from the crowd tonight was his three-point make because everyone yeah, knows waiting for how bad it is. Yeah, but we were up by like 10, of course, at that time. So it didn't – I mean, it mattered. We we barely won. But, you know, if Shamit's going to come in and play defense, I guess, but then the Powell, but he the Powell and one, yes. give it a shot, region. So I get what Monty And then he misses doing. a layup on the he other plays, end. Yeah, but and then he, he plays and then, then the pass is behind him because he's cutting too hard. Like, he doesn't even play defense. That's like, what put I'm in saying. Fucking like, Terrence Ross, give us something yeah. different. Give us some a guy who can at least give us some offense, right? No, it it's a it's just about guys believing in themselves. He's a guy that doesn't believe in himself. You can feel it from him, right? Body language is the biggest thing. Everyone knows who you are within the first couple minutes of meeting you. Really, I mean, come on, it's it's that obvious. But we've been seeing this guy more minutes than two minutes, which is way too many minutes. And it's just I'm just sick of seeing it because I'm waiting for this guy to change, and he's not going to change. He's like I said in the Twitter Spaces. I was like, oh, he dribbles the ball between his legs a couple times when he brings it up, Ooh, gets some uh, good space, and then passes the ball off. He's hitting, he's trying to shoot his fadeaway threes, which they should not be fadeaway threes. He should be stepping into them. He's just doing a lot of stuff out there that's not helping this team. And no. he's going to get more minutes. He's the other guy until campaign maybe he can come back and be a little bit more healthy because he only played what, like three, 3.16, 3.6316 Stone Cold Steve Ops, awesome minutes out there. So <laughs> we have to wait for that guy to come back, maybe, but I don't know. He's still going to get minutes, so. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And again, you know, you look at this game, and the nice thing is, for the most part, like Booker played 41, Durant played 44, still too many minutes for my for my taste, 32 for a Kogi coming off the bench, but we just have no bench. The bench minutes combined, let's see, 32, that's 35, 47, 54, 60, 63 minutes. If you look at the the Clippers, 26 plus 23 is what? 49, 75, 90, 80, 90 minutes. 90 minutes played by their bench. This is one thing that's going to have to change because the bench for it, it, the, the bench for the uh the Nuggets is going to be deeper and they're going to force the Suns to be better. You know, the nice thing about what's his nugget is, uh, or, or, or I'm sorry, the, the disadvantage of Landry Sham is he still owed 10 million next year. You know, he's on a contract and we got to try to get off that contract because this guy's just yeah. garbage. He's yep. absolute garbage. Uh, somebody said earlier in the chat that he's become like our new Alfred Payton slash uh, Elliot Kobo. You know, like he's the guy that for some reason he keeps getting run out there. And I was saying at the Twitter space and I'll stand by it. Give me Terrence Ross in those minutes, dude. Like, you can't tell me that Terrence Ross defends worse than this guy. And at least he has, he can shoot from the mid range and he can shoot from three and he knows how to create a shot. And he's a veteran. Whereas he feels himself. 
Yeah, he does. He has he confidence do. in himself. Yeah. And I'm hoping that in this next series, we're seeing more of Landry Shamit because every time he comes in, we all say the same thing. We go, damn it, Shamit. And you know that it's just, it's not productive minutes. And I don't know what he has on Monty Williams, but Monty needs to make like Frozen and let him go. Exactly. And uh, Thomas Bell does say Saban Lee. I don't know if I did mention before this postseason, like, I don't want to be talking about Saban Lee, but I do well, miss. We, no, we I do miss can't. him, man. We, yeah, we can't use Saban Lee. He was a two Well, yeah, contract. we can't, but this, a, that guy's fucking Oscar. awesome. He was the best backup point guard we had. He was well, exactly. He was fucking confident as hell holding, handling the ball, bringing it well, up. Well, Cameron Payne's going to be back for the next se- the next series. That's what's nice. Cool. We got, I still love Saban Lee way we got, better. We got three minutes of him in this game, and it, you know, it wasn't a very uh effective three minutes but hey there, there's hope on the there's something outside of shaman on the horizon and that's what we have to hope for because we we can't do this again i can't go through another series of looking of it's gonna looking happen at, looking at fucking shaman face fair fair who the heck are you i'm kevin durant you know who i am i know who i am did anybody see a sniper did anybody see anything i'm one of the best players to ever played a game 44 minutes played by Kevin Durant tonight, as I mentioned. 10 of 19 from the field that resulted in 31 total points, including 4 of 6 from beyond the arc. He had 6 rebounds. He had 4 assists. He had a steal. He had a block. And he I swear to God, Matthew, it felt like he didn't have a fourth quarter touch at all. You know, you, you look at his shot attempts, and I'm going to go by quarter. Because, again, he had 19. And, and the thing you have to love about Kevin Durant is he's a f- efficient as fuck. But in the first quarter, he only had 3 shot attempts. He had eight eight shot attempts in that second quarter. It's where he scored the majority of his points, in, or, or some of his points, uh, 10 points in that quarter. He had six shot attempts in the third quarter, which he had 13 points because three of those were made from beyond the arc. And then the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant had two shot attempts. Are we getting enough shot attempts from KD? Um. I can kind of relate it to like the DA thing where everyone's like, give him the ball more, right? He's open, he's open. KD, I kind of think, is just feeling his way still. Um, I'm not worried about the shot attempts because if he wants it, he can get it. I know this is Booker's team, but he's the superstar that can share with anybody. Mm-hmm. But when Booker's is hot, I want Booker to have the ball. KD can't get spacing right now like he once could, right? He can't like take a guy one-on-one because he's getting bumped and the refs aren't calling anything really except for at the end of the game he finally got a call because they're all up on him and they're stopping him and he's getting these weird angles towards the rim where – you know, it looks good. It looks like a KD shot, but it's not going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still haven't had the KD game where it's like, oh, fuck yeah, like fucking KD. Like, I haven't had that yet. And he I scored know 31 points. points. Isn't that amazing? You know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And it's 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 good as it gets right now. And I just, I keep saying this every podcast where it's like, you know, it's not the KD that we hope for yet, but it's coming and it's taking its time. And he's playing a lot of minutes. But the whole thing is, he's going to defer to Booker himself. I don't think this is anything Monty's calling up or Booker himself. Of course, Booker wants the ball, but it's not like, all right, Katie, like I'm going to take it here. If Katie wants it, he'll go get it. Just like I would oh, say, yeah. if DA wants it, make yourself available. But Katie's kind of like feeling himself here and it's going to come. And oh, yeah. right now it's just, it's kind of a difficult watch because it's just not the Katie that we expected. Yeah. I feel like on my side of things. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I'm okay with that because I think it's the design. KD knows that this is Booker's team, and he's okay with it. He loves it. That's why he's screaming like a madman underneath the hoop when Devin Booker's owning the quarter. And again, in that quarter in which the Suns score 50 fucking points, 25 by Booker, 13 from KD. You have 38 combined from those two in the third quarter. (laughs) 
I mean, at one point it was like back and forth and it was beautiful. It was great. And that's what this team is combined. They, they go for what, uh, what 77 points tonight. It's fucking ridiculous what we're getting from these two. And we're still as fans, we don't feel like we've received a, a proper Kevin Durant game, right? It's because Devin Booker's sh- uh, son and star are shining so bright. It's yeah. blinding the Kevin Durant show. I don't know if he, I if necessarily he's getting those sh- enough shot attempts. But I look at it this way, too. If he's playing 44 minutes, he's only taking 19 shot attempts. means on offense, he's not working too hard. And this series, we've mentioned it time and time again throughout the matchups and, and the way that this Clippers team has their big physical girthy wings. They they were kind of a problem for KD. I think moving forward against Denver, it's going to be a different story. I really do. I think it's going to be much more balanced. Or there's going to be a game or two where Kevin Durant's the leading scorer because of the way that they're going to try to negate Devin Booker. I, I can definitely see it coming. I got to say that if if you look at the way that the Suns were running their pick and roll, Kevin Durant was in the corner. And the great thing about that is, is that really opens up the pick and roll because you can't send a help defender. So it was making the Suns pick and roll or forcing the Clippers to honor it. And, you know, if he's on the ball, then you need to corral him. And if, if they weren't meeting the the ball hander or I'm sorry, the ball handler on the pick and roll um, enough, then it's leaving him open. So there's still so much that we haven't seen the Suns really execute. They weren't running Devin Booker pick and rolls with KD. I didn't know if I saw that once in this series. There's so much that they haven't even shown yet. I know. Because, because they they picked and choose how they were going to navigate this series. And then Devin Booker went into isolation mode and cooked these motherfuckers. He cooked these clippers. So I think that, like you mentioned, we have plenty of great KD games against us or, or uh, ahead of us. And I'm not overly concerned with the shot selection or the lack thereof. I would have liked to see a few more uh just touches in the fourth quarter when that when that run was happening. When the Suns are up by 15 points and then it's three, 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 and all of a sudden you're up by, you know, three points and then eventually two points, you're like, Kevin Durant needs to touch the ball, not Landry Shannon yeah. three times in three possessions. Yeah, but his rotations too are really slow. Like it, it hurts us a lot defensively. Like that that run they were going on, those guys were wide open. It wasn't always KD, but he was slow, kind of walking towards a guy, putting his hand up, which is not good defensively when you're giving up a run. With him holding the ball and like trying to get in situations that makes it easy for himself to get a good shot off, it's just not happening because he can't get away from guys. I know you said these guys are long and stuff. We'll see next series if it matters, but he just can't get those good-looking shots. He had some good ones, but they were just like in and out. Just like mm-hmm. the release and everything just looks bad. It kind of looks like, you know what, when Chris Paul, his shot's off, you just know it's not going to go in. Same thing with KD. You kind of already know if it's going to go in or not. But it is nice to have Booker like have these games where he's getting doubled and they're like, oh, wait, KD's on the team in the corner. And he hasn't yes. missed, I feel like, a corner three yet on this team. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, oh, yeah, KD's on our team. Awesome. And he just sinks it. Uh, I am with Parker Hines, one of our elite jamsters. And a reminder, if you want to become an elite jamster and get some of that elite content, uh, make sure you press join while you're on the YouTube channel. Parker Hines says, I almost passed out when he fell on his back. Me too. That one play where he was driving to his left and Russell Westbrook kind of undercut him and he fell right on his back. I was like, oh no, Mm -hmm. come on, come on. And it was in the middle of that amazing third quarter. It's like, the Suns are doing good. The Suns are doing good. It was like, uh, game two of the first round series against the Pelicans last year, where Devin Booker goes off in the first game, and the second game he's going off even harder. He's pounding yeah, baby's no. fists, and then he pulls <laughs> a hamstring in the fucking third quarter. Yeah, we forget about that that series. Oh, I don't. Hurt the whole series. <laughs> I yeah. don't trust me. I don't. I never forget a good Suns injury. So, 
Uh, I do want to give a couple quick shout outs uh, before we get onto the subreddit stakeout. The point Paul was only six of 13 from the field in this game, but he was three of six from beyond the arc. He had 15 points. He had seven assists. And my favorite thing is he got that fifth rebound because I needed that for my three-legged parlay. Mm-hmm. I had 217 and a half points over, which was easy. They ended up scoring 266. I had Devin Booker over on uh, – or no, I had DeAndre Ayton over on points. And then I took – hit those, he got that rebound late. I was like, yes, that's money in the bank. So <laughs> thank you for that, Chris Paul. Yeah, I like the usage too um, in this game. I don't think he really touched the ball until like the six-minute mark in the first, like bringing the ball up and getting stuff start- started. I think it was mostly KD and Booker then. Um, it just I felt like when he had the ball, he made the most of it. I think the energy was kind of saved for those moments, and he hit the big threes like when he needed to. Um, I just the way that like these guys are just resting themselves on the court, it has to evolve in a way where the minutes are going to look bad. But then if you watch the game, you just know that they're not really playing all 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's just they're out there, but they're not really playing. He's because just, of the gravity of other players. They, it's, it's not a taxed 40 minutes. He, he's there just in case he's going to be open. And that's why he's on the court right now. Um, so, I mean, good game. It's it's nice that we had three out of five games that were good Chris Paul games. Because I yes. was thinking that we had the one. I was like, are we going to get any else? I don't think so. But he proved me wrong. He had two straight good games and helped the Suns. Get to the next round. Thank you, Chris Paul. Biz. Biz. Walter Lazo in the chat says, Return of the Mac was getting hacked today. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, we avoided something very serious, I feel. On the play where he was going up and Russell Westbrook got the flagrant one for winding up and slapping the shit out of him, that did not look good on his shoulder. And as no. we pre- as we prepare for the Denver Nuggets, who have Nikolai Jokic and DeAndre Jordan, you need size on that interior. When DeAndre Jordan's out there, per- those are like you match him with Bismack Biombo minutes. And if he got injured in this series, I was going to be fucking pissed, man. Another thing that I wrote in my notes relative to Busy is uh, he had two fouls in the first minute of play that he came in there. And what does it say to you that Monty stuck with him instead of going to Jock? That Jock's not very good, and Matthew Paul Lissy doesn't know what he's talking about when he talks about Jock, and he likes his minutes. I like how um, <laughs> Busy's talking to, I think it was one of the last time outs of the game, I think when they had the game wrapped up, and he was talking to KD in his ear, and KD's just like, well, like, I don't know what they're talking about, but it just reminded me of Mikhail always talking about, he's like, tell Bismack to get away from me. Like, there's something there. It's just, it's funny. It just reminded me of Mikhail, and I got a little teary-eyed, because he always talked about how he didn't like... He was joking, or obviously he's like the most yes. disliked guy in the Suns, busy because he's annoying or something. But mm-hmm. Katie just looked annoyed in that situation. <laughs> but yeah, that would have sucked if you would have been hurt, man. Well, he, the, three blocks we'll, tonight. We'll, we'll, we'll still TBD, obviously, because I mean he played the rest of the game, which is fantastic. We'll see if mm-hmm. it needs to be ice. You know, as uh, Coach Evan B, it, it's Coach Evan. Coach Evan B's uh, chilling in the chat, which it's good to see you. In the chat, and he says, uh, I just saw it and it's gone. That many people are commenting. Thank the, you, everyone, by the, the way. Back up the bench where everyone's talking about their bench is so fucking good. This one, no, 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 it's the one about how the fact that we only get three just so uh, many good takes, Coach Evan B. You should be on the pod, yeah. Uh, well, he says there's three days rest until our next game, which is Saturday. Thanks, NBA. And again, that's uh, you know, what is yeah, that bad? Yeah, he goes, only three days of rest. Thanks, UNBA. Well, it's, you know, you'd like to have a couple more. I mean, some of these uh, first-round series aren't going to end yet. 
I still think it's weird how it's scheduled. And I get that there's like, you know, the Clippers and the Kings and the, and, and by, I mean, Los Angeles Kings, the hockey team mm-hmm. and the Lakers are on the same arena. So Clippers get last pick, but like we literally played like every other day, except for today's game. And the Lakers, uh-huh. it's like three days off after every fucking game. Like we're playing game four. They say they started the same, the series the same day we did. And it was game three. It's just, it's kind of wonky in my opinion. And again, the Lakers play tomorrow. That's their game five. So they get more rest after every then game. We, I just, we play Monday and then we played down don't play till Friday. So that's pretty nice. Today's Tuesday. So no, I, I mean we play Saturday, we play Monday, and then we don't play till Friday. Oh, okay, gotcha. So after the next series. So yeah, after good. game two. So we we, yeah. we we gotta go get one uh, of those in there, obviously. Well, let's talk about the final subreddit stake out of the season for the Los Angeles Clippers fans, because they have no more games to tell we'll talk about. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So again, if you're new to the podcast, it's something we do. We hang out on the opposing team's subreddit. Matthew wears a disguise. He's he's still oh, got the jaggedy. still got the got the gun show out there, so he kind of blends into those douchebags out in LA. And <laughs> and we just kind of we we observe what they say on their subreddit about the game. So uh hey there, uh you look hey. like Eugene Levy. You know what that is? Eugene Levy, yep. Yeah, yeah, I look cheesy. I look like a 1940s film or whatever, you know? Yeah, you look like um Groucho Marks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, someone says the moment the Suns get a double digit lead, I'm gonna start waiting for the NFL and play and playoff baseball. Oh, man. <laughs> it didn't happen so way late, but when it happened, I'm sure that guy or lady uh you know turned off the game and got, you know, sitting there waiting, looking at the wall, whatever they <laughs> They're do. Just sitting there waiting. <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah, this is the worst nose job I've ever had. I don't know. <laughs> um Phoenix is a dog fight every game. Uh, without either star player uh, playing into the clips. It's so frustrating. Um, so, you know, you I get a lot of that, that stuff still with um, those two guys not playing and the Suns wouldn't have won the series, even though we won in five. Who knows, dude? It would have been different. <laughs> I, get, I, I get why you said nose there. <laughs> nose. Nose. Uh, Phoenix sucks. Uh, we can beat these guys. Mm, keep, um, keep telling yourself that. But- <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is the best one. So this pretty much sums up the Clippers world for like the past four seasons. Hear me out. If the Clippers can hold on to this, then win the next game at LA, have Kawhi return in a do or die game, get the win for Kawhi to go back to resting and PG comes back for the second round. It's such okay. a Clippers comment. Okay, that, that's for four years. If our load management and injury lines up correctly. If they just played. If these guys just fucking played, they're not going to play. It's unfortunate. Man. Being, being a Clippers fan has got to be unbelievably frustrating because you're never healthy. And it, you're right. With the, these past four seasons with Kawhi Leonard and with Paul George, they're, they've never been. The only time they've been healthy was in the bubble, and they choked. They were up, what, 3-1 yeah. in that series, and they choked. If you have a 3-1 series lead, you win 95% of the time, unless you're the Los Angeles Clippers. That was there's the win. Um one, two, three, Cancun. And then um, <laughs> Clip's going to clip. And then another what game is, where Booker makes. Mean? Huh? Clip's going to clip. Clippers are going to clip. What's that mean? Uh, it just sounded funny. Uh, another game where book where Booker makes a circus show out of the Clippers. Facts. And yes, he did. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Clippers going to clip. Funny shit. One, two, three, one, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> um, is there anything I missed from your notes before we hand out the jam star and then talk a little bit other NBA? Oh, just 
just Russ, thank you for having the game you had where he's just throwing the ball out of yes. his hands like a Sean Marion a couple times and throwing the ball too hard at man in the corner. Like just those are plays that really kept the Suns in it. And it's more of like him having those plays than Kawhi and Paul George missing these games. I feel mm-hmm. like that we had a chance to win the series. Well, you look at Russell Westbrook's final stat line. And remember, a lot of people have been talking about Russ and how effective he's been in this series. And he has been. He has had a really good series, uh, obviously, up until this point. In the first, what, four games against the Suns, Russell Westbrook was a, a force. He was annoying. Um, he still had the Russell Westbrook plays as he does, but ultimately he was averaging 26 points a game. He was averaging 7.3 assists, he's averaging 7.5 rebounds. He was still negative 6.5 every game. In this game, he was three of 18 from the field. Three of 18. One Wasn't of that six. what he was in the game two? Uh, it was, I think it was game one, the one that they game won. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had those huge rebounds at the end. He had eight assists in this game. He had eight rebounds. He had five turnovers. 14 points, eight, seven, and five turnovers. So, Russell Westbrook, thank you for being you because it was greatly helpful because your false sense of confidence, as per usual, cost your team a victory. It did. It did. It did. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, a reminder, please subscribe, rate, review, follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and make sure that you give us a thumbs up while you're watching this. We truly appreciate it. It helps with the analytics and lets everyone know we're the best post-game podcast on Planet Oranges. If you're listening, please give us a five-star review at the end of this podcast. I will be reading two new five-star reviews. Thank you for going on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for giving us reviews. We'll read those momentarily. But Matthew, I'm not just going to say Jam Star the Game. It's yep. Jam Star of the Series. I think we all know who it is. It's one Devin Armani Booker. What he did in this series alone, uh, he allowed Kevin Durant to kind of sit back and chill. He averaged in this series 37.2 points per game. He shot 60% from the field. He shot 46.7% from beyond the arc. 85% from the free throw line. Add in 6.4 assists and three, or I'm sorry, five rebounds. and in total, with him in the game, Devin Booker is a plus a lot. I can't find that. <laughs> plus. plus a lot. Yeah, he was. He, right? he's, he's a plus 28. Mm-hmm. Devin hey, Booker, Jamstar of the game, Jamstar oh, yeah. of the series, Jamstar of my heart. He That one three that hit the rim. I'm like, wait a second, ball. What are you doing? It, I that was going it. in. And then took another bounce. So you better come back. And it went in. And I'm like, that's more like it. And then the next five or six of them, there's nothing but net. Devin Armani Booker, man. What a what a guy. Thoughts. In the middle of our- um brains. So I don't want to step all over our next show, which will be Thursday. We will uh do our series preview against the Nuggets. We'll probably have some guests on, so uh, it's definitely you know, make sure you tune in on that. But I do want to co- bring up a couple other topics, just kind of going on in the other aspects of the playoffs. Obviously, the Denver Nuggets tonight beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in five games, much akin to the Phoenix Suns. That's who we'll be playing Saturday. Will be game one. We'll see what time that is. That might be a, a, a jam session watch party, Matthew. Yeah, think so. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Sure. Yeah. You want to do it again? 
Go to Blue Agave again. You know, have some beers, hang out with some jamsters, watch some basketball. Could that be a thing if it's if, if the timing's right? That's what I'm talking about. Because it'd probably be like at 12:30 again, right? Eh, it might. It was it a lot of fun. I had a lot it, of fun. I just couldn't stay long, which sucked. So, oh I would man, we go. we we had Gavin from the Aussie Suns fan podcast come back to my house. We drank. We listened. We sang Billy yeah, Joel on my back patio. Uh, what? Why? You know why? Why he's hitting on your sisters? Fucking pervert. <laughs> uh, shout out to Franklin in the chat on the Aussie Suns fan Hell podcast. Yeah, he got to meet Franklin. It blew his mind. Anyone who comes to my house, I have a, I have a, I have like an eighty pound sulcata tortoise in my backyard. Mm-hmm. It blows everyone's mind. So there you go. Uh, thank you to God three for donating the super chat. You're going to help feed Franklin some, uh, some tantalope and some watermelon. <laughs> other things I want to talk about. I know that you know we're at the back end of the podcast, but if you got a few minutes, I want to talk about some other things going on in the NBA. Matthew, is that, is that okay? Yeah. Yep. I'll be there in a second. All right. I'm not done yet. Right. Perfect. Who are you talking We're to? Good. Rose? My wife walked in. <laughs> she does that from time to time. Thoughts on jaw Ewing theory in Memphis. Love it. The, Love it. So for those of you who don't know who the, who the <laughs> what the Ewing theory is, essentially it is a Bill Simmons thing in which a star of a team goes out and the team actually does better without them. The team is, uh, what, 1-0 and o without him and 0-3 and with him in their series. Yeah, well, if you're looking for a leader, he's not it, obviously. Um, I picked him to win MVP last year, and it was close. But the thing is, like his his team, is they excel without him. And I think a reason is, oh, yeah, I'll bring her. No, she'll have they the kids. If, if you're listening, you have no idea what I was just talking about. But All anyways. right, so um, Jaw in the last five minutes, I'm like, let me see something different from this guy. Let me mm-hmm. see him actually lead this team, make the right pass, make the right play. All it is is him crowd surfing. All he wants to yes. do is On the Russell Westbrook, the, the honest thing. But th- for him, he gets the worst look at the rim when he gets that high up in the air. I'm not talking about the one where he where he tried to dunk over LeBron or whatever, and they both crashed the floor. But almost every play is like that, and I'm sick of watching it, man. This guy's an opportunity with a great team next to him to get things done, to move on to the next round. I know there's a lot of shit going on off the court but it doesn't matter man you got a guy in desmond bain who had a ridiculous game trust that guy more that's why i like bain so much on the team is because he kind of offsets jaws immaturity yes like bain would have been perfect on the bain is a son bain yes. is on the wrong team he's a phoenix son and he kind of offsets that but jaw just needs to learn to share the ball at the end because i'm sick of him just having that's not fun to watch Giannis is one thing but him is just another and i can't take it well, I've talked in the past about players like Patrick Beverly, who I just find to be reckless players because they can hurt other players with their uh, immature play. Yeah, and you, were, you saw a little of it. I felt tonight like Bones Highland shoving busy. I did, was not a fan of that. Like yeah, that's I kept immature stuff. Like I was it, like I was kind of getting ready for the pod, and I kept yeah. hearing shit. I was like, "What is going on?" Well, it's because they started getting all all kind of crazy, and and that's recklessness. Jaw's reckless to himself. I mean, there was a play where at the back end of the game last night where John ja Morant was going up for a defensive rebound. Ultimately the, the shot went in, but he was jumping mm-hmm. up and he was like trying to jump over AD for it. And it's like, he's going to, you know, AD's not going to know he's on his back. He's going to turn real quick. And that guy's just going to fucking land on his head. We already see him have an issue with his right wrist because of a, a, one of those crazy plays. I love the athleticism. That's what makes John ja Morant entertaining, but you're right in the last three, four minutes of the game. That's not, those aren't winning plays. And there's a reason why they're down one, three. Now there's multiple reasons. Brandon Clark, uh, Steven Adams, both out of that series. That was a fun LeBron game last night. 20 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, the way that he drove to the basket, forced overtime. It was a really a good good game to watch from LeBron. I was actually entertained. He wasn't flailing and crying and, and you know just having LeBron face. But John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies, like it's weird to be rooting for the Lakers in that series 
but I just can't stand I can't stand the Grizzlies. They're that front running team that talks shit when they're ahead, and they you know, and a lot of teams talk shit with the head, but it's yeah. the, the manner in which they did, it's as a fan, I like to see them humbled. When I hear Dylan Brooks at the you know is not is just says I'm out to the media and Jaw won't even talk to the media. It's like hmm, hmm. you know they're not doing that gritty shit anymore. You know off the court, and it's good to see. It's great we have the team we have because we've been through some shitty losses, of course, yes. last year, and they still had to sit up there and take it. And, and they, they did it all the time. It was a back and forth with Doncic, and we lost game seven. So you just yep. got to own up to it. You guys leaving, first of all, I'll, I'll let you know. The first time I saw Dylan Brooks walk into the stadium with a vest on and just no shirt underneath. Like he's still cold. Here, and I don't like doing this to people. He is the most insecure little bitch I've ever seen because he was looking at his phone that was blank. You know, the insecure people walk around, you know, with they're like, oh, yeah, look at me. But then they look at their phone and people are in front of them and shit. You know, you know what I mean? Because yes. there's a camera there. Yeah. You're, you're nothing, man. You can't walk chest out with doing it, you know, just like this mm-hmm. you to look at your phone. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying because okay. it's like instead of you know owning what you're doing and looking right into the camera. Yeah, he's oh, just I've like, gotta... oh, I'm, I'm, that's when I knew I'm like, this guy's phony. But look at me. But look at me. A couple, a couple other things I have. Uh, that that Kings Warrior series is highly entertaining. I know. Um, it's gonna God, be interesting to see who comes. It's, yeah, man. It's just, oh, it's a it's a good series. Fucking it the is. irony of Harrison Barnes having the wide open three and missing it. The mm-hmm. only problem I had with that play was if Darren Fox instead of passing to his left, if he would have passed to his right. Malik Monk was wide the fuck open, and Malik would have hit that shit. Harrison Barnes, I knew wasn't going to make it. Malik would have. I didn't feel like he won that game. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. And Malik was wide open, but for some reason, Darren Fox didn't look his way. So that's going to be a fun series to continue to watch. Uh, Any thoughts you want to throw down? Yeah, tough. No, it's just either team. It's it's going to suck to play against if the Suns can make it that far. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be nice to play Sacramento, but you just know the firepower and the chemistry they have. Yes, is just. And they getting know them who this they far are. against the Warriors. Yeah, but the, that series could be 3-1 or even a sweep by now. Just the way these games have been so close. I know the Warriors, they did the third game. They kind of blew them out a little they bit. Be, yeah, without Yeah, Draymond. but everything else was just so close. So these kind of matchups are tough because you know whichever team loses, it's like, damn it, like they could have won too. Yeah, it's a great series, and you're right. Mm-hmm. If the Suns can get past Denver and has one of those two teams waiting for them on the other side, that's going to be who that's going to be a Western Conference Finals for the ages. Uh, Trey Young hit a deep three today to win for mm-hmm. Atlanta to force the game six. I know the shot went in, but it was a stupid fucking play. And it reminded me of why I can't stand Trey Young. What? He sh- Did you see it? He shot like a 36 foot. I the love team, it. The, the team is down <laughs> by a point. And if he misses that shot, time's mm-hmm. going to expire. And the series is over. And Trey Young's jacking up a 36 footer. And again, he hit it so he and he could do the ice cold thing, but it's just yeah. it's, in my opinion, it's, d- it's dumb basketball. It's dumb I, basketball. I love I love Trey. I love Trey I, because I Trey. I, he would. That's what got him back into the game was them just relying on him to hit those shots. If he doesn't hit those shots going into that last shot, they're not in that game. Um, I loved the shot just because he was on fire. And if you're if you're the Celtics, you got to run people at him. They're letting him shoot that. That's like his shot. It's like a layup sometimes or a little runner for him if he's hot. Trey Young got so much shit. He's a guy that might be traded. And if you listen to Bill Simmons, they're talking about who really wants him. Yeah. He's come out and finished the series. I know they're going back to Atlanta, but to like the last few games, he's looked so good. And I know like it's shots on going one in side all that. of the floor. I know, but still, man, that's fun to watch yeah, because Jeff I, F. 
14 of 33. He was 5 of 13 from beyond yeah, the arc. Yeah, but he's just he, that kind he, of be, he's that kind of star, I get man. that. He it, if you watch an entire game, he drives you fucking nuts. Because of his lack of efficiency, because of his boneheaded shots, how he'll take, he'll he's a, he'll be a momentum killer. And I get it; they won the game, and they're down three him. to two. And and I hate him. I can't. Stay, I would love me. him on the Suns. You, oh, I would hate him on the Suns. I would absolutely hate Trey Young on the Suns. Absolutely, he's a black hole on on offense and on defense. He he's a defense pigeon. Doesn't matter. It does. He'll he'll, he'll get. It better. absolutely does. It's all about situation with a guy like that. It's not. He's not a guy that's an alpha. The whole alpha, you know, female or whatever the two. If you're an alpha or you're female, he's not. He's not that guy. Booker. Is. I'm just saying, if we got a guy yeah. like him, it wouldn't be the same kind of trade. It'd be more efficient. I feel like, but who knows? Hopefully, we'll never have to find out. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the twin? Thoughts on the twins in Cancun? Hmm. In the twins. The twins. Wait, were there photos of them? No, I'm just assuming that they ended up in Cancun because they oh. were swept by the. By the 76ers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a series. Those guys, I mean, if they had Devin Booker on their team, they probably would have went further, but who knows? And twins. <laughs> twins <laughs> were swept out of the playoffs. So and we're allowed to miss them. All right. We have Kevin Durant. Of course, Durant. We're, allowed of course we're allowed to miss them. I hate seeing them play. It makes me sad. Well, I mean, they, they were playing good. It's just, it's a, it's a duplicitous team that doesn't know who they are. And then lastly, Milwaukee down three to one to Miami. Yeah. Matthew. Thoughts yep. on that. Jimmy Butler. Okay, so I always say what the best player on the court. Obviously, Giannis won it because he was the best player on the court against the Suns. Now he's out, and then Jimmy Butler steps up, and it doesn't even matter about depth or anything like that. Defense doesn't fucking matter. If you have a guy out there that's playing like Booker, yes. you're not going to win You if you're playing against a Booker or a Jimmy Butler in that kind of scenario. I don't care who you are. Of course, Giannis was hurt, and he's not the same right now. But that just proves, man, the best player out there is going to win a series. Like If we talk about the Suns and how we have no bench – and we're playing 40 minutes a game, it's probably an issue. But when you have Booker and KD to end a game, that's what you want. Yes. You want it in any kind of situation, any kind of scenario, you count on those guys. So it just kind of proves that a little bit. But hell yeah, dude, it'd be nice for them to lose out. But I think they still have a chance. I think they still might still win the series. Well, it's like I said earlier, if you're up 3-1 in a series, like Miami is, you have a 95% chance based on the history of the NBA to win the series. If any team can do it, it's Giannis and the Bucks. Yep. Championship pedigree, amazing defenders, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that series. But if Milwaukee can be gone, whew, that's the team that scares me the most out of that on, on that side of the bracket, man. If the Suns can make the finals, Milwaukee is the team that scares me the most. Boston's up there too because essentially they're like the Clippers, but better. But they don't they're, believe in themselves true they don't have but, a belief but but from a defensive standpoint they will be pesky and it will be a mm -hmm. hard series so just interesting that uh that that's the case that milwaukee's down 3-1 to miami no one could have seen that coming no, no miami's always had the confidence man they've always yeah. like yeah we're gonna get in there and we're just we are who we, we know who we are and we just wanted a, a chance at it so cliche thing to say but they're proving it. Facts, man. Jimmy Jimmy Butler, that's how he lives, man. He's His picture, one, he, too. He's I keep seeing it on Twitter. He's, oh, my God. He's one confident dude. Am I the so, only one that likes that thing? I, that's hilarious. I fucking it's love hilarious. That. So, Well, I, Jamsters, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I do want to give a shout-out to a couple of our elite Jamsters, our, our, our badass motherfuckers, who decided to leave us comments on Apple Podcasts. It's real simple. You go, you give us a five-star review. You give us a one-star review, and then you write something. I'm not reading it, but you give us five-star, and you, and you write a comment. We're going to read it right here on the, the podcast. This first one is from 
F-D-K-H-J-M-K-R-G-T, uh, colon thingy, I-J, Ed. Somebody who just went on the keyboard <laughs> and says, I like. Perfect. <laughs> and the, and, the, pro, Perfect. and the, the review says, great show, love the drops. Matthew never drinks and yet rambles like on, rambles on like a drunk. <laughs> if, if you, thank you for awesome. listening. If only you could see him wearing his tank top tonight. Is Frank the tank yeah. top? You'd understand that maybe he, he he does drink a little bit. The second review oh. that we have is from NNDJEJ. It says Jam. It says the Jamsters acting like the Suns. Nobody's stepping up and leaving a review. In this analogy, I am Devin Booker carrying the Jamsters. Love the pod. That's a great <laughs> review. That's awesome. Um, alert, alert though. Uh, Spotify, we're down to 4.9. Someone gave us a one star review, I think. So, Jamsters, mm. if you haven't reviewed on Spotify, get that back up to 5.0. And find that one person who gave us a one yeah, star review. Who the review. fuck are you? Oh, I know I exactly. I know, who it, I know who it is. I know who it is, too. Yep. I do, too. Yep. We yep. know. Why and on that us? note, and, and on that note, well, just because we don't like, you know, fondle DA after every game, you guys settle down. Yeah. Uh, on that note, Jamsters, again, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for enjoying this series with us. Again, we'll be coming to you live <laughs> on Thursday as we preview the series against the Denver Nuggets. Make sure you tune in then. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review. Hit that thumbs up button. Follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Void and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew and uh, we'll see you Thursday after I've had a few beers and I've watched the Cardinals uh, make a, the third overall pick in the draft or maybe trade down. Who knows? Oh, no. Hey, uh, go home and love uh, Matthew's sister. <laughs> Everybody wants to. <laughs> <laughs>